0: You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Today's episode, Never Say, I Love You.
1: If there was no such word as love, our vocabulary would be richer and we'd have to struggle harder to find the right words. Everyone would be so long-winded and Shakespearean in their range of emotional expression. The word love came along and wiped out all sorts of terms in a semantical bloodbath. Without the word love, people would speak in terms of sensations, like the sensation of standing waist-deep in a tub of warm plum sauce, or the sensation of being tickled on the back of the knees. Some would say they felt like they had just swallowed a honey-soaked boxing glove, and others might say that they were feeling like their guts had been yanked out and spread across the kitchen floor. Without the word love, you would get wedding invitations that would say things like... On July the 15th, join us at the Five Holy Martyrs Church of Worship to help celebrate Barry Leszczynski's feeling of aimless goodwill that he's decided to direct onto Robin Krupka, who's receptive to the idea of being with a man she's fairly certain will never inflict hurt on her. Sometimes we call something love because we don't know what else to call it. When I first started dating Holly, There was one night where I was double-riding her back home from downtown on my bike, and she kissed my neck and rubbed my back through my T-shirt. We were going uphill, and she knew I could use all the encouragement I could get. We had spent the evening with some friends we didn't especially like, just because we didn't have the heart to say no to them. We should go out more often, she said from behind me. The way I hate everybody makes me love you more. Was that a moment of love? or merely an instance of lack of hate. With Christiane, I thought I couldn't be in love because her knees were too big. They were the size of grapefruits, and I could not see myself being in love with a woman whose knees were that big. They were ludicrous, really. My thinking was that it was a good thing they were so ludicrous because they kept me firmly anchored. If I thought for even a second that I might be falling in love, All I had to do was think of those big knees of hers. And then, one day, I found myself kissing them. I had to leap over a great inner hurdle to get to that. But it wasn't love that was on the other side. It was just self-congratulatory pats on my own back over how I could move beyond pettiness like that. When I was 16, there was a summer I spent in Wildwood, New Jersey, where one night, while walking down the boardwalk, feeling lonely and depressed, a girl a few years older than me came spinning down the boardwalk, her arms spread out. She came right towards me, and then when we were face to face, she kissed me, just like that, because she was drunk or stoned, but she had kissed me. For the rest of the summer, I couldn't pass a woman on the boardwalk without thinking that we should somehow be meeting in a kiss, that that's how life should really be. In that moment where our lips touched, the way it suddenly brought into alignment the private unspeakable hopefulness in the heart with the uncontrollableness of the outside world. It felt like, as surely as anything else I've ever experienced, a moment of love. I say this as an adult who has had serious relationships since, and I can't think of another word but love to describe what I felt that day on the boardwalk. And that was it. She just walked on. When I was a little kid, my mother's favorite thing was to crane her head through a door frame or around a corner and bite me or my sister on the ass while exclaiming, boy, is this a tuchus. I spent much of my childhood walking around our house always on my guard, always feeling like she could strike at any moment. She was never really any good with words, so this was sort of her version of a love sonnet. At least that's how I've chosen to see it. You could also say it was filthy and damaging, but if you want to see something as love, or even need to see it as love, and you call it love. It feels a lot more like love.
0: Like it's so flippant to like give this thing that say I love you to anyone, but it's always such a big deal when you actually say I love you to someone.
1: Did you tell Mike that you loved him?
0: I lived with the guy for two years. It would have been awkward if I hadn't told him that, right?
1: No, I mean, not necessarily. Not everybody is the say-it type.
0: What? That's crazy. Like, ever?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if my grandfather ever told my grandmother that he loves her.
0: I'm sure he did.
1: Like, in those days, I don't know if it was it was such common currency. Maybe, like, the men, like, mumbled it under but their breath. do you breath. know
0: what happened in those days.
1: Because I've seen, uh, I've seen Fiddler on the Roof.
0: I mean, I do think there's something to be said about, like, how it's supposed to be such a big deal to say I love you, but, like, on my phone... When you send text messages, you can do a thing where it's like, if you don't have time, you can pick like an automatic reply. You can pick like be there in 10 minutes or I'm running late. And one of them is I love you. And I always find that really funny. It's like like you just hit one key and it's like the automatic function of hitting I love you.
1: Wow. It's like the sound effects album of default sentiment.
0: But it is fun when you're in a relationship and you just started dating. And like before you said it. Right. And and like the game of who's going to say it first. I never say it first.
1: I didn't realize that it was a game.
0: Oh, love is a game. It's all a game.
1: But do you, like, do you trick your adversary into saying it first? No,
0: no, but they always say it. They do say it first. Like, Mike probably said it, like, a week
1: in. And, and it, did that, like, send up uh, alarm signals?
0: Yeah, I mean, our entire relationship was one big alarm signal, but yes. Um, I didn't say it back for a long time.
1: What did, what did you say when he said it then?
0: Um, I didn't say anything.
1: I remember actually, you just reminded me. I had one ex girlfriend who, um, when I told her that I loved her, she told me that she'd get back to me on that.
0: Really? Yeah. Hot.
1: Yeah, I mean it was hot and hurtful,
0: <laughs> sort of well.
1: like uh, you know getting Tabasco sauce in your eye.
0: Did you had you been planning to say it or did it just like come out?
1: It kind of. I remember I was eating a sandwich and uh, I think I was intending to say I really love this sandwich, but I said uh, I love you.
0: But did you also say that you loved the sandwich so that she didn't know? She thought you just were crazy with love for everything?
1: I mean, my mouth was so full of sandwich that it's possible that she... I may have had to say it twice. But
0: you said I love you with a mouthful of sandwich? That's the first time you said I love you? When you were chewing? I
1: was really happy.
0: What kind of sandwich?
1: I think it was a smoked meat sandwich.
0: Mike used to really like sandwiches.
1: Yeah, he sure did. Um, how, how, uh, how long ago was it that you guys broke up?
0: Um, it was a while ago now, three years let's see. He broke up with me on new year's.
1: uh-huh New Year's that's rough.
0: It was terrible. The whole thing about Mike was we lived together, and yeah. um, you know I thought I knew him I thought I knew him pretty well. I, yeah. I knew that he lived with me, hated fashion didn't like children, right right. So when he left me for a woman who didn't live with us at a kid and owned a clothing store, it really threw me off. Wow. I know, right? I was like, Mike, Mike, what are you doing? What's going on? Like, why? I have no idea what's going through your head. And I remember he answered me by saying, you know, Starly, I just need more chaos in my life. It gives me my edge.
1: He actually said that? Yeah. I don't remember uh, Mike, Mike especially having an edge.
0: Hence the needing more chaos. Right. He was so edgeless that he thought a little chaos would kind of um, I mean, sharpen he, the corners a bit or something. Right, because, I, I
1: mean, know. he was he was not unlike those uh, safety scissors that children use.
0: He was the Hillary Duff to my Lindsay Lohan.
1: He was the ricotta cheese to your sharp cheddar.
0: Yes, it was just the worst. So, anyway, so he came and he got all of this stuff when I wasn't there. And he wasn't supposed to take anything, but he ended up actually taking this giant jug of change that we had. They had, like, hundreds of dollars of change. It wasn't even about the money. It was more like... The change jar was our thing, yeah. you know, like we were kind of like the receptacle of all of our hopes and dreams. So was a very symbolic removal from my house.
1: And h- how did you end up? How did you end up getting through it? Like, what did you find helped?
0: Well, actually, what I found help was like incessant talking about it <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Like I had my cell phone bill that month was like seven hundred dollars. Wow. But I just couldn't stop telling and telling and telling and i would and i wasn't just my friends like i started telling strangers too
1: i think you've always done your best work with uh, with strangers
0: like when a stranger walks out of my life i don't take it as personally
1: <laughs> it's very funny
0: i think the reason i like telling strangers these stories so much mm-hmm. is because it's like when you're going through a breakup like you just feel emotions so intensely and so, like, you need a receptacle to put all these thoughts. You need to place them somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's this movie I love. It's a Chinese romance. And it's about, um, there's, like, a man and a woman, and they can't be together. They're neighbors, and the woman's married, and the man loves her. And, and she loves him, too, But she's married, so she can't do anything. So the two of them love each other, but they can never actually say it. Mm-hmm. And... During the course of the movie, he tells her about this wall in Cambodia that you whisper your secrets into, the thing that you would never tell anyone, Mm. and you only tell the wall. Mm. And so the last shot of the movie, it's so beautiful. The last shot of the movie, you see him whispering into the wall, and even though you can't hear anything, you just know what he's saying into that wall is, I love her, I love her, I love her. And he has no one else to tell it to, so the wall has to be the receptacle. And what I like about it is that it really captures this need that you have when you're going through a breakup to have those feelings contained by something whether it be a stranger or a wall they just need to go somewhere or you're going to go crazy i just think that it's like a very
1: universal thing i mean starly you know i hope you feel like uh, you know you can, you can always talk to me
0: i know i mean i guess talking to you is almost as good as talking to a stranger or a wall
2: I say I love you to people all the time now To make that time I said it to you mean less The bartender doesn't know we broke up And still makes both our drinks when I come in You said you weren't in love with me Because you only loved certain tiny parts of me I continually imagine I hear you calling my name.
0: Would you come back if I came out to my parents? I would live without their love if only I could have yours.
3: I don't know when my parents' birthdays are, but I know we first kissed on October 18th.
1: I deserve better, but I don't want better.
2: I asked for my DVDs back, but what I really wanted was for you to return all the love I gave you. Out loud, I agreed you needed therapy. Secretly, I wanted you to stay screwed up enough to love me. Remember that time you said you'd never abandon me, and then you abandoned me? That sucked. I know you thought it was funny when I said I love you, and you replied, I love me too. But it wasn't. I recently got one of those blatant spam emails saying, I've been trying to call you and I miss you, but I opened it anyways because I would rather destroy my computer than miss out on the slim chance that it was actually you.
0: I never said you were a terrible musician because I liked that your awful songs were about me.
2: I think of you whenever I hear our song playing in a store. I especially think of how you hated all of my music. And how I never even told you it was our song.
0: I finally finished my novel. It's nothing like the early drafts you read. The character, based on you, kills himself because he's a jackass and everybody hates him, especially me.
2: Sometimes I can't believe how closely we resemble the plot of
1: Casablanca, minus the Nazis.
0: I still sleep with the teddy bear you gave
2: me.
1: He goes between me and my new boyfriend.
2: Mother told me, don't buy the first coat you try on. So I broke up with you. But in retrospect, I think she was only really talking about coats. Because I never saw you after grade five, I can't imagine you as anything other than a grown man with a rat tail. This has made it easier to move on.
3: You are the reason I broke up with my last boyfriend and the reason I'll break up with my next.
2: My wife wonders why I keep that old pair of jeans. It's because I was wearing them the last time I was with you. I should have been bold enough to take your pulse in grade 8.
0: I should have kissed you in the elevator. I miss the smell of your car. I miss saying, you know what I mean? And having you know what I mean.
3: I really miss your mom's
2: potato soup. I love that you put a hammock in the living room so I could pretend I was at the beach. I loved the way you drank coffee, the way you drove
0: through yellow lights, and the way you'd take and hold my hand in the middle of an argument.
2: I Google you every day sometimes i want to see you so badly that i stay up for hours trying to find you on those days i'll type your name and my name right after it because it's nice to see us next to each other like that when you said i loved you you forgot to add but i love drugs more
0: of the three pathological liars i've slept with you were the most fun to believe
2: why must you be full of vodka to know you really love me I finally found someone who doesn't mind if I wake them up in the morning to say goodbye. Whenever I hear feist, I think of you dancing in your apartment after you got your acceptance letter. I wasn't even there. It's a memory by proxy,
0: but it makes me wistful anyway.
2: We all miss you is a cruel thing to say to me.
3: Every time I drove you home, I prayed for traffic.
2: I try not
1: to open it often, but when I do, that raw, sweet love for you just waves and shrugs, still here. Every
3: silver price that passes feels like a bolt, because it might be you.
2: I plan on taking off work on the day you announce your engagement. I keep trying to get my hair back to exactly the way it was when you loved me. I would have enjoyed taking over the world with you. I can still remember how far I have to tilt my head back and the degree at which I need to fix my gaze to look up at you when we're standing close to each other. I held on to the jade cufflinks you gave me for the prom 49 years ago. I just gave them to my son. Sometimes I think I see you in restroom sign icons. Pack a bag. Go to Penn Station. Get on a train. Knock on my door. Tell me you're sorry. I say I love you to people all the time now. To make that time I said it to you mean less. The bartender doesn't know we broke up and still makes both our drinks when I come in. You said you weren't in love with me because you only loved certain tiny parts of me. Would you come
1: back if I came out to my parents? I would live without their love
2: if only Remember I could that time you me. said you'd never
1: abandon me?
0: I still sleep with the I teddy bear you, you gave me. me.
1: He goes, Every he time me. I drove you home, I never thought it was
3: funny.
2: Hello. Hey Johnny, I'm kinda freaked out. What are you freaked out about? I just got this phone call from Howard. Why why would Howard call? Well, that's kinda my point. Why would Howard call me? I don't even know this guy. I know my cab driver on a ten minute ride to the airport better than I know this guy. Well why why did he call you? To tell me that he loves me. What are you talking about? Before I had a chance to even like figure out who was even talking because I'm like Howard who? He's like hey I just want you to know that I love you. Like that.
1: I mean, I know that Howard speaks very fondly of you He likes you
2: I, I'm... It's not that he likes me, it's that he loves me According to him, circa five minutes ago And here's the slightly even freakier part If you can imagine that uh-huh. He's doing all this because he saw that movie With Jack Nicholson, The Bucket List You know that movie?
1: Uh, isn't that about the two old men who have this list of things That they want to do before they die or Exactly, something like exactly
2: Alright, well he told me that he's going through his phone book And calling everyone he loves And it freaked me out badly enough Because I don't even think I ever gave him my phone number and he told you that he loves you? Yeah, it was kind of disgusting and made me feel dirty. The point is, I think there's something going on with this guy, and I'm just calling you up because I want you to be prepared. Well, he hasn't, he hasn't called me yet. I don't know why he hasn't gotten to you yet, unless he's working his way up to an emotional crescendo of volcanic love for you. I don't need that. He's probably coming over to do it in person. He's probably going to want to be holding you in his arms and looking into your eyes when he why does it.
1: Why did he tell you that he loves you? That's a good one.
2: Well, let me just be clear with you on one point. I'm very lovable, and people love me and tell me they love me or have fallen Mm -hmm. in love with me. It's a common side effect of knowing me. I'm extremely lovable. I think the weird part here is kind of the way he said it. It was like someone had a gun to his head, and he was just like, boom, I love you. That's Well, you
1: know, you're making me nervous now. I mean, maybe I should phone him up just to make sure that he's okay. Like, God forbid he's dying or something.
2: Under normal circumstances, I don't know who calls up relative strangers and tells them that he okay. loves them. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call him up. All right. If you're gonna call him up, you better put on that helmet I gave you because you're about to get hit with Cupid's arrow because he's gonna hit you a hundred "I love yous" before you even get off the phone. I him.
1: really don't want to hear him tell me he loves me. It'll be very uncomfortable. But anyway, I better just call him up and get it over with and make sure he's okay.
2: All right. Good luck, my friend.
1: I'll talk to you later.
2: I have some vague sense of bonhomie towards you.
1: Well, keep it to yourself. I'll talk to you later.
2: It's not really friendly, but it's, like, not exactly antipathy.
1: Hmm. And then for you, that's something.
2: Like, if you were drowning, I might possibly call out, Hey, that guy's drowning. I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: <coughs> Hello? Howard? Hey, John. Hey, um, h- how are you doing? Good. Yeah, you feeling okay? Uh, yeah. I hadn't heard from you all all day, and... Just wondering if everything's okay.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Anything going on or anything new? I mean, I know with you, you've always, you've always got some new project up your sleeve. No, no. Seen seen any good movies lately? I know you like your videos. Yeah, yeah. What, what have you seen? Well, I was watching Valley of the Guanji. You know that movie? No, that's a Ray Harryhausen classic.
3: Okay, love that guy.
1: Anything else? Any other movies? Uh,
3: I saw this movie called The Bucket List.
1: Oh, really? That I hear that's an interesting movie. It's very... Insp- eh,
3: it was okay. Really? It, I can barely actually remember
1: what it was about. So it di- it didn't make much of an impression on you, this movie, one way or the other. No, really? You reminded me, though. Oh, yeah?
3: I wanted to tell you,
1: I... I I trust you immensely. No, you know, of course and, how I. Uh, and sure. I don't just trust anybody as you know I'm, you know. I, you don't even have to say that's I was that, just, You know, I, I, was kinda wondering, I know what you're. Would you able to watch
3: Desmond because I I want to go on a mini golf weekend up north they have and I need someone to watch the dog and I really trust you and I thought maybe, you know, would you watch the dog? Cuz man I love that dog so much.
1: Okay, Howard, uh, hang on a second. I have call waiting, okay? Just just one minute. Hello?
3: Hey, man, it's Tucker. Um, hey, have you spoken uh, to Howard lately?
1: Yes, I'm talking to him right now. I've really? got him on the other line. Yeah.
3: We just had a long, long conversation about how he loves me.
1: He called you also.
3: Yeah, it cheered me right up, honestly. It was really, really nice, actually. Really? It was like a warm bath and a big hug at the same time. And that's Howard, you know? He bathes and hugs you. That's really gross.
1: Yeah, that, that is a little gross. But anyway, that's not, that's, that's not what I meant. I mean, he yeah.
3: cheered me up, you know? He said he loves our friendship, and he loves my generosity.
1: Wait, hang on a second. First of all, Howard only knows you through me.
3: So? I made a good impression on him. You know... He said he loves my fashion sense... And he loves my handwriting.
1: He loves he, your handwriting? And he loves
3: my little emails. He says he loves the way I can take a joke. He loves the way I can take a punch. He loves the way I get angry. He called it cute.
1: <laughs> That's a lot of love that the man has for you. I don't...
3: I guess. He loves my chutzpah. He told me he loves my taste in music and refrigerator <laughs> magnets. He, and then said... he said... He loved my haircut. And then he went on about how he loves the way I walk. And he loves the way I make coffee.
1: He loves my neighborhood. Okay. All right. All right. I, I got to go. I've got him on the other line.
3: Okay. Hey, hey, do you want to,
1: uh... No. Howard? Yeah. Oh. Howard, there's nothing you, you know, you want to say to me?
3: No, no, no. But, um, are you okay? Everything's okay with you?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: You seem a little off.
1: No, I'm fine.
3: Yeah, you're you're feeling good. You're... Howard? Yeah?
1: There's nothing uh, on your mind today? No? Not so much, no. On your bucket list, perhaps?
3: Yeah, the bucket list. Wouldn't go around exactly recommending that movie to anyone, really. No. No, you wouldn't. But it'll be that kind of, you know, feel-good movie. Get you, kind of get you inspired. But get
1: you inspired to
3: to actually take it out of the DVD player and turn on some cartoons. That's great. But um, but it's nice talking to you. So take care. And uh, yeah, we well, we'll We'll talk later. And all right, Howard, I'll I'll talk to you later. Last message. I love you, John.
1: Oh, uh, Howard, I uh, I re- I wasn't. Uh, I mean, really wasn't expecting that. Well, you know, I do. I just, I should say it, you know. Life is short, you know. But, H- Howard, I mean, w- why couldn't you just say that right off the bat?
3: Well, you know how you get.
1: How d- how do I get?
3: Just all kind of
1: defensive and. I did w- not. No, Howard, I don't. I don't get defensive. If you're an awkward fellow. Would That's I just... What? D- no, Howard, I, you know, I, I, I. I,
3: I, 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 I mean, come on, you know. I didn't want to freak you out. I just wanted to kind of sugarcoat it make it nice and smooth helps the medicine go down helps the love medicine go down
1: well thanks Hal
3: and I mean do do you love
1: me Howard, I'm not going to answer that.
3: Well, I, mean, I just told you that. Love
1: yeah. Well, you. you know, it doesn't beget "I love yous." You know what I mean? They're spontaneous. Yeah. I'll
3: try that in the marriage. That'll really work.
1: If we don't have a marriage. I know. We have a friendship. Okay. All right. Well, I thank you. I appreciate it. And you love me too, right? I'm. I just want to hear you say. it Howard, you know my feelings, all right? Okay, I... so it's like little silent, Your eyes say it. Your heart. And your eyes. Okay, Howard, you're freaking me out. On Wiretap today, you heard Starly Kine, Gregor Ehrlich, Howard Chakowitz, and John Tucker. You also heard a selection of lovelorn messages collected and curated by Andy Selzberg on his website, dearoldlove.com. And thanks to the men and women of CBC Montreal, too many to name here, for reading them. Wiretap is produced by Mira burt Wintonic, Crystal Duhaime, Carolyn Warren, and me, Jonathan Goldstein. Tune into Wiretap Sunday at 1, 4 Pacific Time, and Wednesday evenings at 11.30. You can also hear Wiretap across North America on Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Reach us through our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap where you can download the latest Wiretap ringtone.
3: Love you, man. Okay? Well, love you. Love you.
0: Love you.
1: Hear Howard Chakwitz tell you he loves you with every ring of your phone.
0: Never said
1: I loved you but want
0: de mundo.